Hello and welcome to Future Thinking from Stylus. I'm your host, Christian Ward, Head of Media and Marketing at Stylus. Today we're going to be talking about the future of luxury travel. And to discuss this, I'm joined by Jenny Graham, Managing Director of Quintessentially Travel, the luxury travel division of the Quintessentially Concierge Company, and Laura Swain, Assistant Editor of Food and Beverage and Travel and Hospitality at Stylus. Welcome to you both. So first of all, Jenny, could you tell us a little bit about Quintessentially Travel? What sort of experiences are you offering to clients? Um, so Quintessentially Travel has been running for, we're coming up to our 10-year anniversary next year, and we very much focus on inspiring, guiding and surprising through the art of travel and experience. And that could be everything from a simple hotel booking through to around-the-world adventure or creating amazing travel experiences for brands such as Aston Martin and Cartier. So you, you, you're, you've got quite a specialist sort of role here. What, I mean, it's a, different from a normal travel agency, is that right? Absolutely. We very much go beyond travel and I actually see us as a fully immersive and interactive agency because we're not just focusing on transactional bookings of simply booking one element of a trip. We're looking at people's emotions, why they actually want to travel right through to a brand to getting an understanding of we're helping them through travel, drive profits, build loyalty, drive motivation within their employees. So it really is such a wide and varied opportunity. That's an interesting idea that you just mentioned there about sort of emotional reasons for traveling. How, do you, how, do you, how does that manifest itself? What sort of conversations do you have around that? So if I think to the booking um, side of travel, if I was to call up and speak to my team to book a book a trip the last thing I want to be asked is which airport do you want to go to what time do you want to fly which country do you want to go to it's actually going back into the Simon Sinek version of what's the why of your trip do you want to go away um, to get off the grid do you want to go away to reconnect with your family so we very much focus on understanding the purpose of the trip and then we build the whole experience and concept around that so this is obviously quite as we, as we mentioned at the start, quite a luxury sector that we're talking about. What kind of sort of clients, aside from the brands, what kind of consumer clients are you dealing with? So it's very much focused on the high net worth audience, as well as what I call today like the Henry style, so the high earning, not yet rich. So those um, clients are coming on with a propensity to spend, so we're catching them at the start of their booking career. Um, and it's very much those people who want a really high-touch, seamless service, they have their private banker. They um, have their team of staff around them. So we're just an extension of that service provision for them. And I think it's very much having high-touch, seamless service is key for them. So, Laura, how do you, from a stylist perspective, how do you see the role of luxury in travel today? What's, what's changed over the past few years? I mean, the definition of luxury travel is definitely changing, um, especially when you're talking about uh, what true luxury means for the very wealthiest travellers. Um, we've talked a lot at Stylus um, about the concept of lean luxury and how luxe experiences have become more and more accessible and appealing to a wider range of consumers. Um, and as a result of this, travel for the most wealthy is becoming more and more distilled. It's not looking just at the fanciest hotel or flying first class. It's all about exclusivity and backstage access. And although we hear a lot about quiet luxury, I feel there's still an element of um, having bragging rights when it comes to high-end travel. A great example of this is uh, this level of behind-the-scenes access is the exploration company's bespoke off-peak safaris in Kenya, uh, where guests can bypass other tourists and visit hard-to-reach spots via private helicopter. They also have uh, exclusive up 
uh, up close access to the microchipping of rhinos and collaring of lions, which is usually off, off limits to tourists. Basically, the more exclusive the experience, the better. So, Jenny, is that something that you, that you see as well? And, and may, perhaps you could give some examples of some more of the exclusive stuff that you offer. Yeah, absolutely. I think actually before we look forward, it's looking back. So if I think of when we started 10, nearly 10 years ago, the types of itineraries and types of bookings we were doing, it was pretty simplistic in terms of people just wanted a hotel. If I look back at even the way the team had structured our itineraries, they were probably three to four pages long. Um, I was just looking at one of the team's itineraries earlier for Ecuador and Galapagos, and it was 35 pages long, wow. which just goes, and that was only over two weeks. And that just shows you the level of detail from the private tours to it was the breakfast in the rainforest to all of these different exclusive elements that take place. And it's really a looking at the whole holistic journey of the trip. And even if it's a family, it's not just creating experience for a generalist family. It's understanding what the children like, what the mum likes, if the grandparents are travelling. So while it's one holiday, it's still got its own tailor-made aspects for every single member. And I even think with the brands that we work with, um, so using Aston Martin as an example, we run their Art of Living programme for them. So creating incredible driving experiences around the world. So if we look at um, a trip to Japan or we've recently just created a trip around Scotland and the C500 route, we have clients coming in from America, China, the UK, across Europe, and every single aspect is tailor-made to that individual. So even though they are having group experiences, they're still having their own individualised experience as well. And you're, you're a global company, so you, you have consumers from all over the world, uh, clients from all over the world, I assume. Yes, absolutely. So we have travel offices based in LA, New York, Hong Kong, Dubai, London and Melbourne. So we always get such a flavour of insights um, from each sort of region and what their demands are because just like we were saying, everyone has a different subjective versus an objective view yeah. of what luxury means. So it makes us being able to be on the pulse and respond accordingly, having that market intelligence across the board. So what sort of differences do you see um, from regions, say, US versus Asia? If we're looking at Asia, I'd definitely say they're price conscious. We do sell a lot of suite bookings for them, but they're very much more focused around the experience and would rather spend more money on that than on the hotel. Whereas in the US... A huge driver for them is value. They love the quintessential travel benefits that we have in place at over, I think it's 2,500 hotels. So that's upgrades, complimentary food and beverage credit, could be return airport transfers. So it's about significance and recognition, which drives them. And we're definitely seeing, because I think with American holidays, they have less time to travel. It's about really action-packed itineraries, whereas our British clients maybe want something slightly slower, but they will go to more far-flung destinations. Um, and they're also seeking standalone experiences. So even if we, we'd organised a family ski trip for um, a number of different families, but they wanted a wow moment each day. So it was a ski um, gourmet safari down different restaurants one day to then actually carving out their own igloo and pop-up restaurant for the party. So, Laura, Jenny mentioned earlier the Henrys, the sort of uh, up-and-coming new wealth that's, that's emerging into the market. And I, I imagine that Gen Z is going to be um, a different flavour of wealthy uh, demographic again as well. So um, what priorities do you see that will, will be um, important for them as they come of age? I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, they already have a massive sway over family travel. 
Um, I saw a stat the other day that said, despite the fact that most of Gen Z are under 18, they still rely on their parents and they still rely on their parents for holidays. 70% of multi-generational trips are being planned by these influential family members. So they're already massively opinionated about what they want from their trips away. Um, One particularly interesting shift for Gen Z that brands can click into is the desire to turn every experience into a learning and career boosting opportunity. I love this quote from um, Kentucky CEO James Marchand. He said, the younger generation that travels with us has become more entrepreneurial. When they travel, they are looking for inspiration for businesses they might start or they might join when they get back home, whether that's from food, fashion, culture or wellness. Um, And speaking to this, I'm a big fan of luxury travel brands, Black Tomatoes Bring It Back initiative, which offers experiences that travellers can apply to their everyday lives. Uh, For example, one package includes a trip to Iceland where guests can visit the Blue Lagoon, a glacier and a dormant volcano, whilst learning how local travel businesses survived the country's economic crash by turning adversity into opportunity. So I think we'll see kind of a a rise in those kinds of kinds of learning opportunity experiences for this this group. Yeah, Jenny, are you seeing uh, are you preparing for certain shifts as this Gen Z come comes of age and, and starts becoming part of your your market? Is there is there an awareness of different priorities for them? Um, I would definitely say in terms of if we look at the millennials and compare and contrast, um, millennials are more seen as idealistic and focused on purpose with I see then Gen Z being a bit more pragmatic and they're all about making a difference and they have a longer term view. I feel millennials is a bit more of a shorter term what's happening right now, whereas definitely with these these future clients and aspirants, um, they are, as what you mentioned just now, we're seeing them having such a huge impact when family travel is being booked, while our trends and our statistics of data show that it's a certain level of client booking the trip. We know that influence is coming from the children. And you can see with different hotel groups, I know it's Carlisle Bay in um, the Caribbean, they're actually really focusing their marketing on their clients of the future, which are the children, the teenagers, the Gen Z audience, because they know they'll grow and experience into that luxury and they will then become their future clientele. So, I mean, we touched on it there briefly about Gen Z being more long-term thinkers. And with that, I assume, comes this idea of sustainability and and eco-consciousness and and thinking long-term about the impact that they'll be having with their travel. Does this how does this figure with, with Quintessentially? Yeah, absolutely. We're definitely seeing, like, for personally, I believe sustainability isn't a trend. It's just an evolution of travel. And I feel that, um, like, personally from travel, it's not just about the trips we book, but it's the impact we make, what we want to leave behind. And it, you appreciate that we're part of a much bigger story when you travel. Um, I think with these clients as well, they're looking for more purposeful trips. So we won't necessarily have someone call us to be like, oh, I'd love a sustainable trip. But we're just seeing in terms of people's motivations have changed. They People want to be educated more, which goes on to your point, um, Laura. They want to go away and immerse themselves in the culture of a local area, see where they can actually add value or support. And for me, it's not about giving back to travel, it's giving more and going over and above what... Um, than just booking and going on a relaxing holiday. 
Laura, we've just published a big um, macro trend on sustainability at Stylus, and one of the things that um, I picked up on from a travel perspective is the flig scam movement um, inspired by Greta Thunberg. Um, perhaps you could talk a little bit about that and how that might impact uh, luxury travel. Explain what it is, first of all, for people who don't know. Uh, okay, so it's so flig scam is this idea of flight shaming. So, well, that's what it translates uh, from. Um, but it's all about people choosing not to take um, flights, shorter term flights, and taking like train travel, that, that that sort of thing instead. I think Flixcam will have less of a massive impact on the luxury space for, than for other groups. Um, a key indicator of this being the continued growth of chartered private jets. Um, we've seen kind of Uber-like services for private jet charter like Fluber and Jetly pop up. It's making it really easy for people to book as and whenever they want. Um, however, I do think that uh, we'll see those who are more eco-minded. Uh, And travelling for longer periods might opt for luxury train expeditions instead uh, of flying long haul, um, with the journey very much becoming part of the whole travel experience. Um, Luxury Train Club, for example, uh, which offers some of the world's most luxurious scenic rail routes, um, has seen a huge increase in interest with, uh, I think it's 82.9% rise in people clicking through to their website in three years. Um, and this is part of kind of a wider shift we've seen towards slow travel, uh, with wealthy consumers taking longer sabbatical light trips via train, sailing or on foot, all of which um, will ultimately have a much lower carbon uh, footprint than flying. Great. So, I mean, uh, alongside sustainability and purpose, I guess the other big trend or shift in terms of travel generally is, is, a, is a movement towards wellness and well-being and that being some a part of, it, of 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 what people want from their relaxation time not just to chill out but to get better and and be better um are there any new developments that you guys have seen recently that's uh, that, that we should be talking about or thinking about as as brands I definitely see, like, if we look at the wellness tourism industry, it's one of the fastest growing segments. It's the highest yielding. The recent stat I read was it's a $4.2 trillion industry. Um, And it's not just seen as a lifestyle trend anymore. If you look at how hotels have evolved, it used to be just about, oh, getting a nice facial, a massage and the spa services. It goes so much more beyond that. If you look at um, destination resorts such as Kamalaya and Shivastom in Thailand to Miraval in um, the Americas, these sort of destinations, they're focusing much more on fully immersive, educational, transformative travel. It's not just simply the, the nice to haves. It's looking at, if you look at your mind, they're seeing that as the new frontier. It's sleep schools and academies to then the DNA blood testing, to how you can actually, like, even if you go back to our traditions of Ayurvedic mes- medicine, and the Ananda in the Himalayas, it's looking at these holistic encompassing programs that's not just uh, you come here and you do this for one week. It's actually looking at how you incorporate that into your lifestyle along with the likes of personal development when you're there. Um, we've had a number of bookings recently of solo females going away traveling. One lady in particular, she was changing CEO roles from one large company to another. And so she wanted to take a one month out before she was changing into her new role. So we built this experience in Thailand for her to go and build on her well-being, to go trekking, as well as then personal development and coaching to really set her up for her new role. And I think it goes back to your point earlier on slow travel. People are wanting to slow down a little bit more to actually um, get involved and have their own space and time. 
at the same time, I think people don't want to give up their kind of wellness when they travel. So if they're going on business trips or if they're um, even just taking a holiday, they don't want to kind of throw their uh, fitness regimes in the bin. Um, and one one amazing example of, of kind of brands uh, working to this is um, Equinox's new hotel in New York. Uh, and it has, it has a 60,000 square foot gym personal trainers, fitness classes, uh, an indoor saltwater pool, um, and it has kind of more left-field uh, spa treatments like chirotherapy and vit- um, vitamin IV drips. Um, and, and one of the good things about it is, as well, is that guests can access their workout schedules through the hotel's booking app. So if they're already members of, of Equinox, they can kind of continue on their fitness journey whilst they're on their on their trip so it's all about kind of making it seamless and kind of going from life into travel back into life again without kind of you know a bump in the road which <laughs> which on that <laughs> sounds wonderful but <laughs> if only I could live in this sort of world I was just going to say I actually just stayed there two weeks ago oh, right. <laughs> did you seamlessly integrate your fitness schedule I really did from yeah. like my breakfast juices to um being able to book with the fitness concierge my soul cycle class then my workout my massage and for I think that's one of the hardest thing is when you travel for work, it's mm. keeping um, your fitness and your wellness regime. Because if you're going out for dinners and there's wine to then, um, if you're tra- traveling across different time zones, it's really difficult to cling on to your routine. So when you have hotels incorporating, incorporating this into their DNA, it makes such a difference. And like um, W Hotels have their retox detox side so they understand that everyone is not going to go down that route but they give you that blend and the opportunity to choose so uh, perhaps we could talk jenny a little bit more about the way that you work with brands because you mentioned aston martin earlier but who who else do you work with um, so we've really seen our travel offering evolve from pure leisure holidays. So we might have been looking after a CEO and booking his family holidays, which then evolved into please look after my VIP clients. Or um, we had a client who ran a design agency. So they came to us to ask to create an experience for their their 70 employees. So we took as an example, 70 of their staff to Paris. The whole focus of the design agency was in transformation. So we created a three-day immersive transformation workshop looking at bringing in different artists, sculptures, professors to really inspire them to go, go away and come up with their strategy for the year ahead. Other brands that we've worked with is, so we mentioned Aston Martin briefly, um, Cartier running their experiences for their top level customers. Um, we've also done various works with a number of department stores, helping them drive profits through the art of travel, um, as well as even banking clients, looking at how we can Im- like really build in their loyalty because at the end of the day, it's there's a lot of companies who are very product focused and they want to become lifestyle brands. So through the power of travel, that's something that we can actually help them and even if we look at corporate retreats for like C-level executives, we've recently or, um, organized um, a private island um, survival course off the coast of Panama. And this was very much a company that had just amalgamated with another brand and they were looking, they had a whole new C-level um, executive team and lots of different personalities, characters coming together. So we built the whole strategy around how we could bring them together through the art of this experience on a desert island where they'd actually have to build teamwork and work together much more closely. Wow. 
So it's kind of you say. I mean, you you really are becoming part of the the business sort of. It's like uh, not the, the next level away day kind of vibe to it. Yeah, absolutely. And that and we're seeing such a drive in demand. So we really set that up as a separate division coming up to two years ago, and it's the fastest growing area of our business. I can imagine. Just yeah. seeing the demand because at the end of the day, if you look at millennials and Gen Zs, it's in the workplace. You no longer have people working in their companies for 20 years like you would have at Marks and Spencer's back in the day. But it's now these people, so you have to reward and recognise talent. So we're helping support through those experiences as well as actually more on the strategic business goals of the maximising their profits and actually building that brand advocacy. And travel has the ability to emotionally engage and touch with so many people that it's such a good vehicle to help support that. So I want to project five, ten years ahead um, and just ask both of you where, where you think um, the world of luxury travel is heading. Are, are we going to see big changes um, as new generations of travellers emerge uh, and what do those big changes look like in your opinion? Very quickly, just what your top level thoughts might be on that. Well, if you think there's the discussions now about space travel, even then, I think there is a huge opportunity in air travel to innovate further. Hotels are really gaining momentum in terms of all the experiences they offer, the technology they implement. But the one area where I feel has stagnated significantly has been in airline travel. So it'll be amazing to see what opportunities they have coming forward in terms of social spaces, community, what other um, experiences, events, even just the design of how aircrafts are going to be made. Because if you look at hotels, they've moved so from the traditionalist to now the creative architectural spaces. And to see that happening in the air will be really exciting to see. Laura? Yeah, well, I mean, we've looked a lot into kind of, I've seen some such interesting things happening kind of in concept stage for air travel. Mm. And there's, some, there's a beautiful... Um, Air, uh, airplane that's been designed by Airbus so it looks like a bird of prey so it, it kind of like it's it's a luxury standpoint but it's also sustainable and like I think that's that's going to be really interesting I think for people that are getting into the luxury travel space now uh, I really think they need to think about kind of like I said at the beginning exclusivity access um, they need to make sure um, but they need to make sure that access is limited to a small number of visitors to keep things kind of uh, to maintain things lux its luxury status and also kind of reduce the environmental damage. Um, I also think if you're going to connect with the next generation of wealthy travellers, you need to really think hard about uh, making your travel off offerings intentional, kind of imbuing them with learning opportunities and ways to achieve self improvement, whether this be through kind of health and fitness or other ways, while still keeping it fun. Um, I mean, you're on holiday after all, so. No, I just think ultimately why our clients come to us is people want to be made to feel healthier, wealthier and happier in everything they do. So I think our team have a really great opportunity to help craft that. And with so much noise in the travel industry and online, it becomes extremely overwhelming. So to have your trusted advisor that's like your wealth manager or your family office being able to tailor that, we really focus on being... Um, the specialist of people and relationships to understand people's profile. We're journalistic, so it's understanding and making assumptions of what they need before they've maybe even thought about it, just in that really intuitive service. So I don't think we can ever falter away from the humanness and that one-to-one -one relationship, even if we enter continual tech advancements and innovation. 
Well, as somebody who hasn't had a holiday for a very long time, um, poor me, uh, that was both a fascinating and extremely envy-inducing conversation. Um, I'd like to thank my guests, Jenny Graham and Laura Swain, and thank you for listening. I hope you'll join us next time for more Future Thinking from Stylus. You've been listening to Future Thinking from Stylus, the show where our analysts, alongside industry thought leaders, unpack the big trends you need to know about. Find out more about what the future holds for your business at stylus.com. If you like what you heard today, make sure you subscribe to Future Thinking in iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts to hear new episodes as soon as they're available. 